Hi, everyone. It's Henry DeVries. Welcome to the Agency Rainmaker TV show. This is where we help agencies make it rain. We're talking ad agencies, digital marketing agencies, PR agencies. And I'm so excited to have a Rainmaker par excellence with me today, Brian Gray. Brian, welcome. Uh, tell us what you're going to tell us. Well, hey, Henry, thanks for having me. I'm going to share with you all today um, how we see the world and why it matters. Because, Henry, we believe the biggest current threat organizations face, whether you're a digital agency, a PR firm, or any company, is being commoditized in your prospect's eyes. And we're seeing decision-making teams get bigger and bigger, and they're ignoring you until the very end of the buying journey. It's causing what we call a race to the bottom. It's become very challenging to create and uphold your value when you're kind of stuck at the very end of the prospect's buying journey. And that's what we help organizations do is to maneuver around coming in at the last minute so they can actually create greater influence, have better impact, but more importantly, create better sales with greater margin. Brian is a big thinker in this space. I was very excited to get him on. He runs a group called Revenue Path Group. Why don't you tell him who your who is at Revenue Path Group and, and tell us something about your firm? Well, I, I would say first and foremost, we're, we're, we're obsessing over the fact that companies are going to win and lose their value, right? Based on when they enter the sale, where they enter the sale and how they enter the sale. So our organization is focused on helping companies make this transformation. Henry, we believe that we're all entering this era of value collapse. We don't need to talk about AI today or acceleration. We see that happening all around us. But the net result is we're going to enter what we call the era of value collapse, where more and more of your value is going to be taken out of the journey the later you enter the sale. So we help organizations really not just understand what this is and why it's happening, but more importantly, how they can redeploy all these resources, all the marketing spend, all the salespeople, all the salaries, commissions, all that they're spending, repositioning it so that their organization creates value and gets their margin back. Because that's the biggest threat we all face is we're losing all our margin because of acceleration all around us. And we help organizations by providing, helping them create better conversations with better tools and better skills. Something you taught me, and it's been reinforced that on that buyer's journey, before they call you in or before they call your clients in, 70 to 80% now, some people are saying the journey's already been completed. They've narrowed it down to the short list. So it's ludicrous when people say, well, we need more salespeople. We need people to, we need the salespeople hitting the streets and making more calls when most of the game is over by the time they get involved. And we need to invest money in getting to be on that short list. So how, how do you talk to people about that? Yeah. In fact, Gartner, even pre-pandemic back in 2020, showed that 83% of the buying journey is done. And for Henry, like guys like you and I, and maybe some of them in the audience, you started working before the internet, which is a fascinating concept on so many levels. Sure. Uh, we were valued as sellers right? We are information distributors. We actually help guide. Now they don't need that for a variety of reasons. So not only brought in late, think about where AI is going and are you going to even need a salesperson when it's down to, we know what we want. We know who we want to talk to. I just want the best bang, bang, bang for this. So it's, it's difficult to even support a seller when you're brought in so late in the journey. So what organizers have to do is start rethinking 
when they get access, where they get access, and how they're going to get access. And that's probably the biggest leap, but the most crucial step organizations can take moving forward. Brian, today is the ninth anniversary of Indie Books International. We're, we've been in business for nine Congratulations. years now. So, and, uh, but what has changed in the last nine years and what's going to change? But the, these fundamentals are there that we provide value. Um, we're, they need us and, and we need to show them that, uh, we're the right people to help them. So uh, tell me, what do you do for your clients? Give me some of the what. Yeah. So let's think about your world. So congratulations on nine and let's go for another 10. Let's go for another 20. You got it in you, Henry. I know you do. So, because what you, what you really do, Henry is, well, let's put it this way. I don't think it helps you if you're brought in when, when someone says, I want to write a book. And I'm going to talk to three companies to see which one can help me write this book. There's too much risk. There's too little value left because I just need someone to do this for me. When I first met you years ago, Henry, right, it was all about how you can create a book, right, that allows you to gain earlier access at more influential levels using thought leadership as a means to do that. Well, guess what? That still in by far will be the most effective way for you to get in front of your ideal prospect to have the right conversations, right? So helping them become aware of the impact that writing a book and becoming a thought leader, what that does to get you in front of that, that actual sale. So when, when in our world, we help awaken leaders to say, look, you can't keep putting money into a losing cause, right? When you're coming in later and later and later. So they'll say, okay, I get that we need to get earlier to higher level, right? But my sellers say, I, I don't know what to say. And I don't even know who to call on. So they don't even understand what their real impact is. So the first thing we do with our clients is help them. What is the real, real impact of what you do? Like, what's the impact of the business? Your impact is not that you write a book or you publish the book. That's not your real impact. Your real impact to me, Henry, was I can have you more influential where you can create bigger opportunities at greater margin if you enter at the right spot. That's the real impact. Then if you understand your real impact, then I just need to understand my highest level decision makers, true priorities. If I understand what our real priorities are, it's just a matching game. My real impact connected to your real, your top priorities all of a sudden puts me in a better conversation. So we help craft the right kind of conversation. How do you introduce yourself to a complete stranger in 30 seconds or less? For those of you out there that want to go grow market share, guess what? You want to grow market share, you got to go meet a stranger. And the time to meet a stranger is not when they're shopping and talking to three other companies. So if you're going to reach out to someone, right, before they're even looking, you better have a take. So we help create the right conversations to have that actually connect your real impact, your prospect's top priorities. Then we actually provide selling tools, playbooks, diagnostic solutions, and even thought leadership to help you really effectively move your sellers in that direction. And we also even upskill your sellers because... To be a salesperson today and tomorrow is by no means what it took to be a salesperson 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's, it's a much different world. They're not all going to be here in the future, but the ones that remain better be good. They better be good. Yeah. That death of a salesman that Arthur Miller predicted, the shoe shine and the smile, it has already come to pass so much. Um, okay. One of your uh, niches is AEC, architects, engineers, construction companies, and 
tell me how that plays out in their space. And if there's other uh, niches that you've made great strides in, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. And the AEC industry was just interesting because that's a, an industry prone to wait for the RFP. And they all wish they were in earlier before the RFP, but they just don't know how to do it. So they end up, every single one's a bake-off, right? And every single one is you're pitting two against the other and you all look, sound, and act the same and no one can distinguish themselves. Because when you're when you're brought in late and they're talking to three other similarly capable firms, right? The question they're asking is, Henry, how are you any different? You know, why should I pick you? I've got two other viable competitors that can do the work with great testimonials. And what ends up happening is when they say, well, here's why us, it all sounds the same. So that was an easy industry to start working with them because they all struggle with the same exact thing. But go to manufacturing. They're in the same spot. I can't get to engineering like I used to. I'm now stuck at the very end. Look at marketing agencies, right? I only get brought in when they're sending out an RFP and talking to three other companies who are all promising more leads. How can I how can I reposition my value or a PR firm? I am only brought in when they're looking to replace their existing firm. That's not the ideal spot to enter. In fact, Henry, what I tell people is the worst time to enter the sale is when the prospect is shopping, which sounds so counterintuitive. Yeah. Because we get excited because they're looking around going, but when they're looking around, your value has already been discounted. We've got a live one. Yes. And guess what? Two, your two competitors are saying we got a live one too about the same customer. And, and when they're 83% into the buying journey, Henry, the value has been collapsed because they think they know what they want. So if we're going to get out of that noise and in earlier at a higher level, we better be leading with thoughts that intrigue people where it shows that we understand their true priority. I don't think a business wants more leads. I really don't. Because those leads could actually be coming at the worst time at the lowest value and the lowest margin. What people really want is they want a more effective revenue engine and they want to recapture this value that's been lost. And guess what? Measuring you based on leads in this example isn't going to do it. Uh I remember when I was president of a large regional agency and I brought the new AE in because a prospective client came in mm -hmm. and he just said, I've heard so many great things about you and your firm and wonderful things you do. And you're on the short list and, and we want you to do this presentation and give us all your best ideas. We want to hear them. And uh, you've really got a shot here. And And he left and she said, well, that meeting went really well. I said, no, that meeting went really bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> he's selling me for us to give him our best ideas for free. Um, he's not hiring us; he's hiring somebody else. And but he wants our ideas for free. Uh, absolutely, Is that you how know, it works. I said, yeah. The ones who come in cagey, uh, in that, like you said, earlier in the cycle, and tell me why this should be a priority for me. Tell me something I don't know. And uh, I remember my best client was one who just said, we've done this, this, and this. None of them worked. What are your ideas? And I said, let me ask you some questions. And uh, we wound up getting the million-dollar account. Uh, so, and that's before I read your book and before I interviewed you for Forbes.com and put your thought leadership in. Um, you, you've got a big brain here. And people need to read you. Are there other niches you're you're doing some work in? Um, I'm yes. I, I'm looking. I'm fascinated by distribution, the distribution model. I, I, here's where I'm really fascinated, Henry. Anywhere there's a human being selling, because I think wow. that, that 
what we're going to start seeing is we'll say, okay, AI is going to take away 60 to 70% of the mundane work that salespeople do. Be helpful, responsive, arrange all the things that take up all of a salesperson's time. But your salespeople tend to be one of your most expensive resources. And before we throw them all out saying we don't need them anymore, we have to actually reposition them. Because if someone has a seller or a salesperson, what it tells me, Henry, is that they see that I need to talk to another human being to really make help them understand my value. So I look for anybody where they have a human seller in the equation, and I don't want to discount them until I want to reposition them. So distribution struggling because they're becoming squeezed. Manufacturing can't get access. Any kind of B2B sale. So while it did start with AEC because they are always prone to the RFP, everyone's being pushed to the very end now. And they don't know how to get earlier access at a higher level. That that's and, and you mentioned earlier a second a second ago, Henry, on this. Um, tell me what you do. By the way, for those of you out there, if you're meeting a stranger, a prospect stranger who says, "I've heard great things about you, Henry. What do you do?" Do not tell them what you do because when you tell them what you do, you will automatically be delegated downward. Mm. You share why you do what you do. For example, if Henry were to say to me, Brian, "I've heard great things. What do you do?" I share a belief, Henry. A point believe, of view. A point of view that that as long as your prospect believes the same thing as Simon Sinek said, and start with why, when people share beliefs, trust is built. Henry, we believe the biggest current threat you face is becoming a commodity in your prospect's eyes. What's making it worse, decision-making teams are getting bigger and they're ignoring your salespeople to the very end of the buying journey, driving a race to the bottom. And Henry, we believe. Your salespeople are unprepared and ill-equipped to fight back against these three deadly seas. At the ad club in San Diego, at the ad club in San Diego, I volunteered and they said, what do you want to volunteer for? I said, I'd like to pick the speaker up at the airport and drive them back to the airport to get them onto their plane on time. Well, okay. Because I have to talk to these big agencies. So I'm talking to one of the the heads of... um, uh, the agency that was Apple's agency. Um, and she gave me the greatest advice. She said, yeah, you need a point of view. You need a point of view different than all the other agencies. So when they talk to you, uh, you don't sound like everybody else. Uh, yeah. We all seem the, sound the same. We all said, blah, blah, blah. Our people are our difference. And, uh, you know, we we take, you know, we're strong, creative. And it's like, oh, your people make the difference. Your people move around like migrant farm workers. <laughs> well, and I was uh, you know, the opposite. I did focus groups with uh, people who hire agencies. And uh, I said, um, oh, what's our, you know, what's the worst thing? I said, oh, you're awful with talking about money. Whatever money comes up, you're the worst talking about money. I said, well, what do you mean? He says, well, you're like going to a restaurant and you ask for a menu and they say, oh, we don't have any menus. What we like to do is we like to interview our diners and then we come up with a, a solution that works for them. Well, what were you thinking? And said, so you say, I don't know, chicken? I go, oh, there's a lot that goes into chicken. Can I ask you some chicken questions? And then we'd like to come back in a week with a chicken proposal. <laughs> So I've never heard those two words ever put together in my entire life, Henry. Again, a chicken proposal? Old. Yes. Chicken yeah. Old. We have chicken options, you know, that you can go with. Uh, 
Do you, but, do you want a chicken just off a truck from Arkansas? Because that's the cheapest one we can get. Or yeah, do you want that's, uh, you know, cage-free, you know, was massaged every day. Uh, that's like an Oregon. Would you like to know the chicken's rats. name? Yeah. Okay. yeah, you know, it's it's funny. And you, you get no do-overs. And there's, while this is funny, it's serious business, right? Because the reality is you get one shot at this. And if you're going to grow your agency, you've got to go meet strangers. You do. And you don't want to be brought in when they're interviewing two or three other firms. And so to Henry's point, have a point of view, right? Have a take, share a belief. I mean, and when you understand your the real impact of what you do and you understand your ideal prospect's top priorities, it's not hard. Invariably, CEOs will stop me in the middle of my elevator pitch. And you know what they do, Henry, when I, I call it a priority pitch, but yeah. when I'm in the middle of, you know what they do when they stop me and say, Brian, I want to stop you right there. They start sharing all their issues. Everything you just said is exactly what's happening to me. This is what's going on. And all I've done is shared a point of view that their salespeople are being outmaneuvered. They're unprepared and ill-equipped in all these reasons. And also we built trust. I don't want to have, they, they're not going to be wanting to sit through six different questions. They want someone who believes what they believe. And then you've got the world's best conversation soon to start. I wanted to circle back to something great you said. And you were talking about your point of view and why. And you said, yeah, AEC, because they had salespeople. But now- um, we're helping people who have salespeople. Okay, that is a psychographic niche. He went psychographic there instead of saying, well, the industry is this and that. So I'll say, you know, uh, my niche is small to mid-sized agencies, five to 200 employees, advertising, digital marketing. And okay, that's demographics. Really, the psychographics there, I help experts who want to have more visibility, more influence, more impact. And they need to do that by being an authority in a field. So Ryan is an authority in the field. Um, since I published the priority sale, I would be remiss if I didn't say, hold up the priority sale again and give us 30 seconds on the book. Yeah, in fact, I, I just love the darn uh, subtitle, How to Connect Your Real Impact to Your Prospect's Top Priorities, right? And, I, and I, to me, that's that's where selling has changed. I mean, we've all, we know all the traditional sales training programs that were built on a 50-year-old plus chassis, right? And, and I think this idea of closing is silly and handling objections, right? It's like proposing to your spouse, right? If you get an objection there, you probably didn't cover the right ground earlier in the in the relationship journey. So I uh, believe Louise, that, would you like to get married on Tuesday or would Wednesday be better? <laughs> would you like to, what if, why don't we just live together for three months, see how you like it. And then say, I'm sorry, I'm doing the sales shtick with the proposals. That's actually, I like pretty, that good. That's actually pretty good, Henry. That's pretty it's funny, pretty, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the reality is if you understand your real impact and you understand your prospects priority, you now have a real conversation. And I believe this is all about matchmaking, especially when I want you to want to be in before the prospect is even shopping. That's crucially important for all the audience members. You're not going to create greater value when you're brought in when they're already looking. So if you want to be brought in at a different level, higher level earlier, you must have that take, but you must understand the real impact of what you do. A brochure never works when someone's not shopping. But I know that my ideal prospect, Henry, is seeking ways to create greater value because they're tired of seeing their margin collapse. They're tired of losing opportunities that should be theirs. And more of the same isn't going to help. They need a different approach 
and they need someone who sees the world in their mind the way they see it. And that's what having a take or having something you believe in or point of view really, really matters because you've got to build trust in less than 20 seconds. Brian, if people wanted to learn more about you or what you preach or uh, anything, like where should they go? Where where can they learn more? I would love them to go to beatvaluecollapse.com. The boring place to go would be revenuepathgroup.com. But I like, and I'm sorry, uh, give me the the sexy uh, beat. URL. We want to beatvaluecollapse.com. Henry, we're entering a world because I tell you, the, the bankruptcy is the ultimate form of market feedback. <laughs> and when yes. you can't create value, and value is the regard or the worth of something, I don't want your prospect controlling your value. And value is won or lost based on simply when you enter the sale, where you enter the sale, and how you enter the sale. Henry, I want to turn it back to you for a second. Henry wants to help you write a book as an example, he might, that helps you become more influential and become a thought leader. Guess what thought leaders are able to do? They're able to enter the sale earlier and at a higher level with a point of view. So if you want to create greater value, you're going to have to find ways to gain that earlier, that early influence at higher levels. That's why I think what you do is valuable, Henry. Thank you. Um, it's authority marketing and an authority in a space will get on stages in mm -hmm. front of right fit prospects earlier. So what I'm really about is getting your sales pipeline full with right fit prospects. And to Brian's point, before they're, they're doing an RFP, uh, the, the worst thing in the world, unless you wrote the RFP, uh, you know, that's a, that's a sucker bet, uh, responding to it. I know some people have to play the RFP game, but it's a sucker bet. But how long can you keep there playing that? Early on when the priority is being talked about. Henry, if you keep playing the RFP game soon, uh, and an AI bot will be doing that for you that think about human sellers. We pay salaries and commissions and you can't keep doing that when we move slow <laughs> and we're not thorough and we make mistakes, AI is getting better and better and better and better. So when the prospect knows what they want and they're looking for the best solution, they're not gonna want to depend on a human being to quote that for them. So you're gonna see value continue to erode. There'll be volume there maybe, but you're not gonna create value. If you want to create value, you're going to have to have you and or your salespeople able to have those influential conversations earlier. That's exactly how we generate our business. I speak throughout the country, North America, on how to avoid the era of value collapse to CEOs who care most about it. And I believe every single listener and viewer here can, can find and discover their real impact and do the same darn thing. Otherwise, they're keep complaining like, man, we keep having to lower our price to win this work. They're always comparing us. We're always being evaluated. We're being tossed out before I think we should. And I can't get the CEO's time and attention like I used to. And that because we're slowly going down that, sl that slope of that race to the bottom. Brian, thank you so much for being on Agency Rainmaker TV. Such wonderful insights. And thank you so much. So that's been another episode. And until we meet again, make it rain. Make it rain, baby. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, everybody.